On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we're picking the KU football schedule. Smash the over. We're taking the over. They're going to win more games than last year. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Derek Johnson. You can hear me as well Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence with Rock Chalk Sports Talk. We're going to be doing a live show out of Big Mill ahead of the first KU football game on a Friday. So come on by. We're looking forward to that. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also find us on our YouTube page where you can like and subscribe to the show. You can check out everything on the new Locked on website. We're not just Jayhawks, Big 12, across the country, any school or professional team that you're looking for. And thank you to all the everydayers out there tuning in to each and every show. Today's episode, we're going through the schedule, picking game by game for KU football. I'm going to spoil this right now. We're going with the over. They're winning more games this year than they won last year. That's what we're going to project for this year's team. Before we get into the action, though, today's episode of the show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college terms and conditions apply. All right, so we're going to be going through the schedule today, picking everything here. Um, before we get into the week-to-week pick, here just in general is why. Because I, I think sometimes when you do the week-by-week pick, it can be either overly optimistic or overly pessimistic, depending who you're looking at. Like, uh, you look at some of the best teams in the country, when you're doing the week-to-week schedule, a lot of times it's easier to come out with those teams being 11-1 and or 12-0 and because it's like, well, every game they're the better team. So if you're picking it week-to-week, you don't know going in before the season which week they're going to have an injury or this player's going to be out or they're banged up here or, you know, have a scheme. You're just going to pick the better team. So it's easier to have those teams be better. Then it's easier to have the teams who are more middling or the lower teams have worse records than they probably will end up having because you're you're not going to pick them as, as often to get an upset win here or there. So I, I think when I just look at it generally, like let's remove the schedule, which we will get to that, that weekend and week out thing. The reason I feel best about taking the over on KU football, you can go to FanDuel right now. You can get the over under at six wins for KU football. Now, if you can get an alt line on it, I would actually rather bet it at over six and a half. And I'll, I'll get to that in a second year. I think you just get better odds. Um, but it's it's something where, you just put a blanket statement and say, KU won six games last year. And to be clear, if you're doing the over-under win totals, it is only regular season. So they'd have to win seven regular season games. Now, if you do bet the over-under at six, if they hit six exactly, it does at least give you coverage where you get your money back. So that would be one advantage of of betting with six. You just won't get as good of odds. Um, But if you say last year they won six games, then you say you are bringing back 10 of 11 starters on the offensive side of the ball in which you were the second best offense in the Big 12 by points per game. You were first in yards per play. You were first in passing yards per play. You were first in rushing yards per play. The only reason you were probably second in points per game last year in the Big 12 is because you were a bit of a slower-tempoed team. You know, you were ninth in the country in ESPN SP Plus in offensive efficiency, um, and you were running low 60s plays per game. Meanwhile, like Texas Tech and OU were running 80 or 90 plays per game, right? It's just you're you're going to end up with less points per game. But you were number one in ESPN SP Plus in returning production 
coming into this season on offense. So your offense was really good. You bring a lot of people back. Okay, offense should be at least as good as it was last year, at least in the same range. Maybe there are a few things that don't go your way as well this year, but there are other things that could be better this year for the offense. And then you look at at the defensive side. Yeah, you're losing a lot on the defensive line. You lose all four of your starters on the defensive line. Jeremy Robinson, though, has started in the past, and he was playing the same amount of snaps as Malcolm Lee, who was technically in front of him as the starter. So realistically, you're bringing like one starter back on the defensive line, um, but you still might be better on the defensive line, at least on the interior. I like the potential of the defensive tackles more than I did last year. Linebackers, bring back all three starting linebackers, added a good transfer. Secondary, you bring back all four starting in the secondary and your two closest backups who are similar to starters. So realistically, you have like seven or eight starters back defensively and you upgraded special teams. If you were to just put the blanket statement on Kansas, because there still is kind of an aura whenever you're talking Kansas football, where it's like, okay, they had one bowl season in which they still went six and seven over the last 14 years. Like I'm not like from a national perspective, people aren't going to be buying into that just yet. But if you put the, just, if you put duct tape over the, the word Kansas and you just said, Hey, this team last year went six and seven, they went six and six, they lost a close bowl game. And now they bring back 17 or 18 starters. Immediately, your thought would be, oh, they should win at least seven games. They should win more games than they did last year. They should be seven, eight, nine wins next year. If you did that with NC State, if you did that with Utah, if you did that with, you know, just pick your random power five team across the country. If you said they had six wins the year before and they bring back 17 or 18 starters and one of them is your star quarterback who is the conference preseason offensive player of the year, that team is going to be picked to be eight, nine, ten wins on the season coming in. So just from a blanket feel, you say those things and it's like, okay, why should they not win more games than they did a season ago? And that is one reason I feel really good about the over there. But it's also the fact that all your coaches are back. It's not just the lack of continuity with the players. Literally every one of your coaches, not just head coach, not just offensive coordinator, not just defense coordinator, every single position coach is back. There's continuity. There's player development that goes with that. You added, uh, you know, even Sean Snyder to the mix as an analyst for what he's going to do. The coaching staff makes you feel good that everybody is back. On top of it, you even probably had like bad injury luck last season. Now, maybe this is more so you just have a couple players who, you know, have some injury stuff and, and that's going to be something they just have to deal with for, through your career. And that's just going to be something you have to deal with this year too. But like with Jalen Daniels, you missed a bunch of games last year. Daniel Highshaw missed the entire second half of the season last year. And obviously KU was, was much different without Daniel Highshaw. I mean, there were a lot of games where like the Baylor one certainly comes to mind where you weren't able to run just like power runs up the middle against the opposition. And that's where I think Daniel Highshaw being a kind of hammer running back would have really helped you. Like, as much as we've talked Jalen Daniels, the games that you missed him, Daniel Highshaw was a huge miss for the for the team last year, too. You had to deal with a lot of injuries a season ago. Maybe you still will this year, but what if you do have a, a more clean bill of health in, in some of those areas? Um, just the development in, uh, of the players in another year in the program, in year three now, you hear from Matt Gildersleeve all the, the gains they've had, at the weight perspective, the speed perspective. I think what they said they had like single digit players run over 20 miles per hour when they first got here. And now it's like in the forties or fifties that, that gain matters. I think Michael Swain from fog.net put out there that when you look at the talent of the roster by like 24, seven composite, this is uh, KU's 60 something for roster, which, you know, isn't anything crazy, but it's, it's the big best they've been in a long time. And when you add, you have a good coaching staff with that and you have good players at key positions like quarterback makes you feel good there.
And then you look at it and, okay, the defense finished outside of the top 100 on ESPN SP+. They also finished in like the 120s in points allowed per game. I'm not saying the defense is going to be world beaters this year. I expect them to be better. If you can give up 28 points per game, that would still be ranking in like the 70s, around the 80 mark in the country. It's still not great, but it would be a lot better than you were a season ago, and that would give you a chance to win a couple more games this season, even games where the offense wasn't great in those specific games, and that's realistic expectations. Special teams ranked in in the hundreds, too, a season ago on ESPN SP+. Can you just get to average? Can you get to 60th in the country? Yeah, I think you kind of can based on the additions of Seth Keller and Charlie Weinrich and Damon Greaves and Sean Snyder into the staff. And so even if the offense is the same, but the defense is minuscule better and the special teams is a bit better, that could be worth just one win on its own. And that gets you to seven. There are a lot of outcomes just in terms of the generalities of what this team is to get them to seven wins. And so the one thing kind of holding you back Maybe it's the schedule. We'll get into, you know, if they do end up hitting the under, if they do have less wins, what probably went wrong to finish up the show here. But that's probably what's holding people back. If you are taking the under, it's it's the strength of schedule. But here's here's the other thing. They had a hard schedule last year, too. You played a lot of teams. Or, like, you look at the Big 12 last year, what, eight of the 10 teams made bowl games, and you played all of them. So you played seven bowl teams uh, just in your conference slate alone. And then you also had to play a Duke team who went nine and four. And now their quarterback, Riley Leonard, is being like a top five quarterback in the, the draft class next year. Uh, Houston made a bowl game. So you played nine bowl teams on last year's schedule. Well, Missouri State's not going to be a bowl team because they can't. They're an FCS. I don't know that Nevada will be. And then there's a chance that probably one of the big 12 teams you play won't be a bowl team too. Okay, realistically, you played nine bowl teams last year. You might play nine bowl teams this year too. Like the schedule could be actually similar to where it was last year when you won six games. And now you have all those things going your way, which is why I think this team, I will smash the over. And I think they end up with more wins than they did last year. Let's go pick by pick week by week, though, of how that's going to happen coming up in just a moment. First, though, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available, which is why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. College football coaches, I'm sure they, they wish they had LinkedIn Jobs to help them out, you know, going into the transfer portal or even with coaches because it, it just it narrows down the search process. And for somebody who uses LinkedIn, you already have your resume like preloaded. It makes it a lot easier when you're applying for jobs on there because you're able to just, you know, quickly kind of go through things, which means if it's easier to apply for the applicants, you're going to get more applicants and the wider the range you're going to get. That means you're going to get more good applicants too. add your job with the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word you're hiring. They have simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. So you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. You want to add that right team member headed into the rest of the year to finish strong and then really set you up well for the start of 2024. Small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs. Number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs, helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college that's linkedin.com slash locked on college post your job for free terms and conditions apply uh, we're going to pick the uh, schedule week to week like i said all those generalities are why i'm comfortable smashing the over and i already have and you can do the same at uh fanduel our, our sports book here with with locked on college and uh locked on jayhawks uh, so here's the schedule if you're watching on our YouTube page. Uh, Missouri State, Illinois, at Nevada, BYU, at Texas, UCF, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas Tech, Kansas State, Cincinnati. 
I've already uh, had the conversation too in going back to the strength of schedule. It is a tough schedule. My point though is that I'm not sure it's that much tougher than it was last year when you did get to six wins. Last year it was tough too. This year it'll be tough also. And you just cross compare to the first like even four games of the season. Okay, you had an FCS team last year versus this year. Sure, your FCS game is better, but either way, your projected win. Uh, week two. Last year, you went at West, or I guess if you just look at the non-con slate, you had Duke at home. This year, you have Illinois at home. Last year, Duke won nine games. Illinois won eight last year, so I don't know. Those are about even. At Nevada, that's an easier game than at Houston was. And then the conference slate is still difficult. But anyway, week-to-week picks. Missouri State, obviously, I'm picking Kansas to win. If they do lose this Friday and get upset, that will obviously very much change how you feel about this team. It won't just be you lost one extra game you were expected to win, it will be, oh, that probably means you're going to lose another game down the road from where you're at. But it does feel different than some of the past FCS games where it's like, if you lose this FCS game, that probably means that you're going to only win zero, one or two games. If they lose this FCS game, I still would feel like, okay, they'll probably still win three, four, five games, but um, it would have a big impact on the total. But I'm picking them to win against Missouri State, obviously. I'm actually going to pick them to lose to Illinois. Now, you know what? No. I I, 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 I don't know. A month ago, maybe, picked Illinois to, to win this game. I, I guess I'll just stick with that. The reason being is I, I still do have questions, as much as I think the defense will be better, about KU's run defense. And with Illinois, you have a Brett Bielema offense with huge offensive linemen that's going to pound the rock. And that's my worry with the defense stopping the run. So we're going to take Illinois in this game, actually. Uh, Then I'm going to say Kansas bounces back at Nevada. I think that'll be a fun wild one into the night where they score a lot of points. So I've got them two and one through the non-conference, but I think they could very easily win the Illinois game. Then I have them beating BYU. Same worries a little bit because it is a physical BYU team that they're going to want to run the ball on you. That could be a bit problematic in, in terms of stopping the run. But I'll say they get through that one. Uh, they're 3-1. and one. Loss at Texas, I do think it'll be a much more competitive game than it was a season ago. Um, I, I think you'll be able to you know, at least keep within striking distance, high-scoring game. I, I'm kind of envisioning like a game like that. If you remember, Kansas went uh, against Oklahoma. It was the year Desmond Briscoe had like 200 yards in the game. He was unstoppable. Kansas didn't really have a chance to win the game, but they were competitive enough. Is it, you know they, they kept it close-ish. That's how I could see that game going. So now you're three and two, one and one in conference play. Um, I have them beating UCF at home. It'll be interesting defending John Rice Plumley with a dual threat quarterback. Um, Gus Malzahn will bring in a good game plan and everything, but uh, I'll pick KU to win that one. That would get them to four and two. At Oklahoma State, as much as I want to pick Kansas and I'm down on Oklahoma State for the personnel and the quarterback reasons, I just kind of trust Mike Gundy's going to have a good year and they'll figure out the defense. And after the way last year's game went, they're probably going to be on edge to get back against Kansas. So I'll pick Oklahoma State in that one. Now Kansas sitting at four and three. Um, again, though, in the case of you know Oklahoma State and Illinois, both those could go the other way. But UCF and BYU could also go the other way too, right? Um, then you're off a of bye week taking on number 20, Oklahoma. I'm going to take Kansas to actually upset Oklahoma here. They've been close the last couple of years, including in 2021. You had the power outage game. Um, you you were up, and then Oklahoma you know, had the, the strong fourth quarter, and they had the controversial play with Caleb Williams. I'm going to say they get them this time, coming off a of bye week, and uh, I don't believe Oklahoma is coming off a of bye week that week either. So now you're five and three. Um, at Iowa State is a game that um, I was originally picking Kansas to lose, but now with some of the questions at quarterback and you know running back um, with, with some of the suspensions for the gambling stuff, I'm going to actually pick Kansas to win this one, and that would get them to 6-3. and three. Then I will say that they uh, they 
lose to Texas Tech at home. That gets them to six and four. I'll say they lose at home to Kansas State just because that series has not gone your way recently. And so um, I'm, I'll be a believer when I see it. And then I'll say they actually finish strong and win at Cincinnati on Cincinnati's senior day to finish out the year seven and five. But realistically, the way I view this, because I, I don't love the week-to-week pick things, I think it's easier to just be like, okay, non-con, you're two and one. Then between the BYU, Texas, UCF, and Oklahoma State games, okay, two and two out of those, that gets you to four and three. Then between Oklahoma, Iowa State, um, just go one and one, okay, that gets you to five and four. Then between Texas Tech, Kansas State, and Cincinnati, uh, or I guess between, uh, better way of doing this, Oklahoma, Iowa State, Texas Tech go two and one, and then Kansas State, Cincinnati go one and one. That gets you to seven and five, I believe, if my math is correct. There's a lot of different ways you could do it. There's the, there's the other way where it's like, if you beat Missouri State and you beat Nevada, okay, that, that gives you two wins. So to get from seven to there, um, you have outside of that six other home games, go four and two in the other six home games, and win one Big 12 road game, and that gets you to 7-2. So a lot of ways you can kind of simplify it that way, but I'm still taking the over for KU at 7-5. And to be honest, like I'm I'm probably going a, a little conservative here with the 7-5. Like If you gave me the option, which what is more likely, 8-4 and four or 6-6, six and six, I'm taking 8-4. and four. I'm high on this team. I'm a believer. I'm a believer in Lance Leipold, believer in Jalen Daniels. Uh, let's see what we can do this year. Now, if it doesn't hit, if they do end up with six wins, with five wins, with four wins, what could have gone wrong? We're going to discuss that scenario next with Locked on Jayhawks. Finishing things up with Locked on Jayhawks, if they do go the under, if they do you know, end up short of my expectations and don't hit the over, if they end up with pushing at six or below it at five, four wins, something like that, what could have possibly happened? Well, the first would be they probably lost this Friday to Missouri State. That could be one possible reason. But outside of that, uh, the number one reason would have to be injuries, right? And specifically like injuries with Jalen Daniels. Obviously, he's had injuries in the past couple of years. He had injuries in fall camp. If he has injuries through this season, that can very much derail. You feel good about Jason Bean, what he can bring to the table, but you know maybe Jason Bean can get you back to a bowl game. It's hard to envision you getting to that seven, eight, nine win mark that you could possibly get to with Jalen Daniels. So injuries would be the big one, and obviously beyond Jalen Daniels, that applies for other players too. You feel good about depth at a lot of these positions, but depth can quickly go away if you have a couple injuries here or there. You feel good about Kansas depth, especially compared to years past. It's still not Alabama where your third string is a former four or five star kid, right? So it is still different there. Injuries could derail it. You hope that's not the case. Um, Could just be a bad draw in one score games uh, against that tough schedule. You're playing a lot of bowl teams. There's going to be a lot of close games, a lot of one score games. How you do this season is going to be mostly determined by how you do in close games. I continue to say that if you have a good coach, if you have a good quarterback, you're probably going to do better in one score games than other teams. KU has both of those things with Jalen Daniels and Lance Leipold. So you feel good that you should be better equipped for one score games, but what happens if you have a season like last year's Iowa State? Iowa State last season, which, again, you know, you, you didn't view Hunter Deckers as a top half Big 12 quarterback, so that would be something you have that they didn't. But nonetheless, they had six one-score losses a season ago. So they went, what, four and eight a season ago? You go two and four in those games, all of a sudden you're a bowl team. So very easily in the Big 12 where a lot of these teams are close together and you're playing a lot of tough teams and bowl teams each and every week, it can easily switch the other way if you have a bad season in one-score games. Flip side, though, is a lot of times we've seen like TCU last year, Baylor a couple years before who won the Big 12. If you have a year where you go five and one in one-score games, 
you can all of a sudden contend to win a Big 12 conference. So it, it, it's very tight of a line, which can go either way there. The last thing would be if the defense or special teams didn't get better. If the defense is still the same, but the offense is the same and special teams gets better, on its own, that could get you seven wins. But if the defense is the same and special teams is the same as it was last year, it's going to be hard to go on, on the over of win total. If the defense gets worse, it's going to be hard to go over on the win total too. So you are counting a little bit on the defense getting incrementally better, on special teams getting incrementally better. And if neither of those happen, that could be a result of why the under hits. So those would be reasons why if, if you know, at the end of the season, I have to walk back my prediction, those would probably be the reasons that I would assume that was the case. But uh, like I said, I'm pounding the over. I'm expecting seven plus wins. And, you know, the sky's the limit for this team. Like, realistically, I think I think there is a, a 10 win ceiling, a nine or a 10 win ceiling when some of this stuff goes your way. I'm picking it closer to seven, seven or eight. But I see the scenario there. And again, I just go back to the idea. You won six games a year before. You bring back all these starters. You have all your coaches back. For any other team in the country, power five team, if you said they had all that stuff happening, You'd be expecting them to win eight, nine, 10 games too. All right, that's been Locked on Jayhawks for the day. We're going to preview the Missouri State game coming up on our next episode. Find us wherever you get any of your podcasts or on our YouTube page. Leave us a like if you could or a five-star review if your platform allows it. And we'll see you next time with Locked on Jayhawks. We are a day away from the first KU football game of the season. That's exciting, isn't it?